We Infuse Podcast, episode number 29. Welcome to the We Infuse Podcast. My name is Dylan McCabe, and in every episode, we give you a behind-the-scenes look at the infusion industry as we interview owners and CEOs of infusion centers and industry experts so that you can get tips, tools, and a roadmap to start, build, or grow your own infusion center successfully. And I'm really excited about this episode because we have Gary Cooper on the show. Gary's the executive chairman of Palmetto Infusion Services. He's got over 25 years of experience in the industry. He helped found Palmetto Infusion back in 1998. He exited in 07 at a 10X multiple after growing the business to over $40 million in top-line revenue. He repurchased it in 2011 after it experienced some bumpy bumpiness in the journey there, he turned the company around and grew it to over $225 million in revenue and completed a funding, rounding, uh, funding round valuing the company at a 13x multiple. Needless to say, there's a ton of value, but what I love most that you get, you're going to get from this interview is Gary's heart for the people, the kind of culture they build, and he's going to share some things about how they build that culture that are very unique. I think you're going to get a ton out of this. Before we jump in, if you have not taken the time to get a demo, a free, no obligation demo of WeInfuse software, and if if you haven't been shown how it can save you money and make you money, if you are running an infusion center, you need to do yourself a favor. Head over to WeInfuse.com and schedule a free demo of the software. You're going to be blown away at how it streamlines the processes, saves a ton of time, saves money, and enables you to scale and grow a successful infusion center, get everybody on the same page, especially as people are working remotely and dealing with a lot of hurdles in their processes in their infusion centers. You owe it to yourself to go to weinfuse.com and schedule that free demo today. All right, guys, we're going to jump into this interview with Gary Cooper. All right. As I stated, we have a special guest on the show, Gary Cooper. He's the founder and chairman at Palmetto Infusion. Gary, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me, Gary. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited because you guys have a unique story. You've got a seasoned journey in the world of infusion. And so just for those listening, just give our listeners a little bit of background on you and on Palmetto Infusion. Well, we started Palmetto Infusion in South Carolina 20 years ago. Um, I tell people we were country when country wasn't cool. Uh, These drugs started 20 years ago and there was we started Palmetto Infusion because there was really nowhere else to get the drugs other than the physician's office and hospitals. I was in the home health care business at the time, and hospitals truly did not want to do these drugs at the time. And as I was calling on them for home health care, they asked me, hey, could you get these Remicade patients out of the hospital? And literally just overnight, we opened up the little ambulatory infusion center and and it was truly started, permanent infusion was truly started for a patient need. We had no idea of the profitability, how we would do it. It really was started because patients needed it. And we were in the home infusion business and we just opened up a, a really humble little office and started infusion patients. That's great. And for people who may not know about Palmetto Infusion, and this is not a chance to, for us to beat on our chest or say, look how amazing we are or anything, but it is definitely a success story. So kind of explains from your start 20 years ago to where you are now, how big are you guys, how many sites, 
Um, what you know? What are we dealing with with Palmetto? Well, we've been been very blessed. Um, we've been very fortunate, and we now have twenty two locations in South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia. And um, we, you know, at one point in time, I'm I'm I still think I'm young. I'm not that young anymore. I'm forty eight. There was a point in time where I got lost in my ego and I wanted to get bigger for the sake of getting bigger. And thank goodness, um, God has a funny way of waking us up. Now we want to go where patients need us. And so we grow where there's a need for patients. And so we, we're just growing inside out where we can really be good at what we do. So we're growing, we started in Columbia, South Carolina, and we're just growing from inside out. So you're not gonna see us grow to the Northeast or grow to the Midwest. You're gonna see us grow from the Carolinas throughout the Southeast, slowly but surely, a little bit like Chick-fil-A did um, back in the day where they grew, where they could be responsible and be very safe. We're dealing with very difficult medicines very, very fragile patients. So we want to grow where we can be very responsible. That's so it's such a great story and you guys have grown and scaled in a in a successful way. What would you say has been the key to your growth? And we know we're not just talking about revenue, we're talking about as a culture, a company culture, organizationally, you know, you guys are in a really healthy place. What would you say has been the biggest key to that? You know, the biggest key of that um, really comes from really comes from my only job description. And that was to, you know, it was from my father. Um, it was to take care of your patients, take care of your staff, and make good business decisions. That sounds very, very simplistic. Um, but at the core, that's what we have to do. Now, it gets really complicated when you're dealing with new drugs coming out every month dealing very complicated drugs. But what really, really changed us is that patient, putting taking care of the patient or taking care of the employee, sometimes you might have to put the employee first because they're the ones doing the heavy lifting. And so we, we really have a culture of what, I didn't know what servant leadership was and had never heard of that term. But I told you a little bit earlier about um, sometimes my, my, my desires might have come before others. And I corrected that about four years ago. And I called it going from selfishness to selflessness. And we got intentional about putting others first. And that meant our own desires, our own even listening Listening is a skill. So we started listening to our employees about what they needed, what they wanted. And um, that metamorphosis has changed us as a company. And that's probably the biggest thing that changed us and has caused us to, to grow um, the way we have, because now it's not a company that's grown around an individual, it's grown around the people who actually touch the patients, and that's our nurses, pharmacists, 
farm tax delivery people. I love that because it's, it's, you know, it's like the concept John Maxwell talks about when he, he calls it the law of the lid in that book, the 21 principles of leadership. And it's that your organization can't ever exceed your own leadership, the limits of your own leadership and your own character, vision, skills, and relationships. And it's so neat to talk about kind of a shift that you made and you guys made from the top down to say, hey, let's really focus. Not that we haven't been focused on our people, but let's truly become people first in, in vision and in action. And so what what were some of the changes that you saw taking place when you guys started to implement that kind of strategy? We saw ideas begin to flourish from the bottom up. So we started pushing decisions from the top to the bottom. And in the beginning, I think people were a little reluctant to believe that we were telling the truth or not, whether they believed us or not. And it took a couple of difficult decisions. And um, once we made a couple of examples that they believed us, all of a sudden they believed that they really were making a difference in the company and the true decisions that were running the company. So all of a sudden, the ideas started to flourish from the bottom. Case in point, during the coronavirus, the best ideas and and examples to help the company came from the people running the, the, um, the clinics. Um, for example, we started Free Lunch Friday where we would buy lunches from local restaurants. So not only did that improve morale in the local branches, but it also kept the local economies going in those branches. So that was a fantastic thing to do. They were the ones who came up with the idea to, to do all the safety precautions outside the, the offices before anybody in a corporate office or a C-suite thought of it. They continued to come up with ideas to keep patients safe. And to this date, we have not had a single person out of 18,000 visits where a patient has gotten sick or an employee's gotten sick. We couldn't have thought of those ideas in a, in a ivory tower. Those have been organic coming from the people on the ground. That is so good. That is so good. Everybody has a lot to contribute and, and you guys are actually putting that into place. I, I think the big dichotomy I see is guys who can say that kind of stuff. And then you've got guys and gals who are leading their companies that actually implement it and you guys are implementing it. And so, well, we, just... I'm sorry, I didn't, I'm sorry to interrupt. I think the word that we use a lot around our place is humility. And we define that as not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less often. So good. So good. It's good stuff. We could talk about, we could talk about leadership principles for, for hours. So I won't, I won't do that, but that this is just great stuff. Well, let's shift gears. You, you guys clearly have a story of success. You are building a, a great company culture where people's lives are being changed. And I know we even talked offline about <clears throat> real life changing stories that are taking place amongst the staff and the patients. But let's talk about challenges for a minute, because clearly when you guys started opening infusion centers, it's not like, it's not like the world rolled out a red carpet for you saying, Hey, here's the door to success. Just walk right through. What's some of the biggest challenges you guys have faced on your journey? 
Oh my gosh. Um, we literally, uh, reimbursement was a giant one. That was probably one of the bigger ones. Purchasing was, a, was another big one. Um, logistics was a, was a huge one. Having multiple sites and having to arrange multiple sites and, and having all that arranged. Um, the, the reimbursement is a huge one. Having new drugs come on and having generic J codes. I mean, there's so many. Um, I, I could keep going on. Having facilities, um, buying and billing. I mean, you can keep going on and on. This this industry. One of the fun things is the challenges. Um, but to get to the level we got to growing through your line of credit was gigantic. Uh, we were always going through our line of credit. And I think anybody starting new will experience that. Having um, to always contend with shipping drugs versus, um, you know, dealing with the PBMs and, and all that, uh, which I think will continue. Um, there's a lot of scary stuff on the forefront, in my opinion, coming at this industry and at this space, which is extremely surprising to me when we are the safest. And that's been proven now by an epidemic that this is the safest place for people, patients to receive these drugs. So it's, 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 it's like the tale of two cities. It's the safest place to get the drugs, the cheapest place to get the drugs compared to hospitals. Yet there's all these barriers um, to, to do this kind of healthcare because we're still considered like a physician practice or physicians, we build like a physician practice. So, you know, you're, you're really out there in this no man's land in the reimbursement world. So there's no one out there to defend you until NICA came along. And so you're starting a, you're starting your own trade association. So really you're, you're, it's kind of like the wild west, which for an entrepreneur like me is a lot of fun. For somebody who's not used to that is not a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, we are getting some cohesiveness now. We are getting some traction. Um, there are a lot of new players coming into the game, which brings some, some of its own barriers, some of its own um, hurdles to get over. But with that brings some, some healthy things too. It brings some consistency and um, competition always makes people rise to the occasion. I'm a little concerned about the future, what what that holds, but I'm I'm a firm believer out of chaos comes opportunity. I think there's going to be some chaos. I really do think there's going to be some chaos. Um, so, you know, kind of hold on, you know, hold on, and we'll see what's going to happen in the next couple of years. I think the election is um, is going to be a kind of kind of a big sign on which way we're going to go. Um, kind of holding my breath to see what happens with that. 
Right. I think a lot of people are. Well, that's the first thing that came out of your mouth when I asked you the question about challenges was reimbursement. So share one of the biggest challenges with reimbursement that you guys faced over the years and how you dealt with that challenge and developed a method or a process or a strategy in place to where it wasn't so daunting. Gosh, you know, I'm really not the best person to ask that answer that question. We have a person named Connie Hartley who's been doing this billing for 30 plus years. But getting the, the um, because we're a freestanding clinic, we are a little unique. I really don't know the, the, the perfect answer to that. I will say that having a generic J code and being a freestanding clinic puts a little risk on us when physicians don't want to do some of the infusions. Um, the biggest part on reimbursement for me, um, I really don't have the best answer for you on on that. Um, well, it, sound, it sounds like though you've hired some, you've hired a rock star biller though that's got it handled. <laughs> I was surrounding myself with really smart people. Um, the 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 opportunity that we've overcome it with is, I was told when I was a young man um, from my only boss, is to find a niche in business where you can provide health care and a in a safer place um, or a safe in a, in a place where that is cheaper than hospitals. And I've been in home health care, hospice, home medical equipment, and home infusion. And ambulatory infusion centers have been the perfect place for me that it is safer, more convenient, and cheaper than hospitals. Not taking anything away from hospitals. They are they are wonderful at what they do, but uh, Connie has figured out the reimbursement side of that for us, and I just figured out how to grow the, the business side. That's great. And so, going on from there, your startup, your journey to scale and growth, and and, and multiple locations. I know it's big on your heart to have a, a great company culture with servant leadership. What's one of the biggest light bulb moments that you've had over the last couple of decades in this space? You know, the biggest light bulb moment I was sharing with you earlier is, is the amount of, of depression and the, and the sense of loss that our patients have experienced as a result of having these diseases. Um, an MS patient or a Crohn's or colitis patient or some of these really debilitating um, neurological diseases, they experience such traumatic loss. Some of them, you know, early onset, some of them immediately, some of them over a long period of time. And, um, you know, at a, at a normal pharmacy, like for me, if I go to Walgreens, not picking on a certain company, if I go to a retail drugstore, there, I don't think there's any kind of emotional support for that. But being in a setting like we have, or any of our fellow companies, um, or physician's office have, we see that patient over and over again, and it's really sad. And so a lot of us, not just us, um, this isn't a plug for our, our particular company, 
But a lot of us have recognized that and have begun to address it, uh, whether that's hiring a social worker, whether that's helping them form their own support groups in our buildings when they're not occupied, uh, working with the existing uh, organizations that support their disease state. There's just a tremendous amount of depression and other things like um, um, their diet. There's other things like uh, loss of income for people. And so we, we have supported, um, we and other people have figured out how to get them in touch with um, other outside help, like um, financial assistance help for light bills, rental assistance. Um, a lot, all of us have figured out how to get them rides free rides, whether that's through Uber or the other Lyft. Um, we've worked with a lot of outside help to get patients assistance when depression or loss of income affect them. See, that's huge because that goes back to the, to the people first perspective that you talked about earlier, not just with your staff, but with all the patients as well. And I, I think it's huge for two reasons. One is I know it's a massive problem. Statistics are showing that, especially in the midst of COVID-19 with the unemployment rate, that uh, drug abuse is skyrocketing, alcohol abuse is skyrocketing, child abuse is on an intense curve up. It's just terrible. People are stressed out to their max and, and, and it shows. And so you guys have come in and you've addressed something. That's the biggest reason I think it's amazing. The number two reason I think it's amazing is because people are not prone to share I'm really struggling, I'm really depressed, or I'm really whatever. People just aren't prone to share that kind of stuff unless it's with a close friend or family member. And I think it's really interesting that you guys as a company have figured out a way to not only expose the need, but answer it in, in a company. And, you're, and you guys are not a church. I mean, you guys are not a, um, you're not a nonprofit that's out there to just give stuff to people. You guys are actually doing this as a company. And I... I've talked to a lot of owners of infusion centers over the last few years, and I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about this, what you guys are doing. Well, we, we have one lady in our Columbia office, and she started a, a, a group called the Uplift Group, and we heard about it. And um, she's an MS patient. I can't remember what all her friend had. But it's it's a lot. I mean, this guy's had like 27 surgeries. It's unbelievable. And um, they started an uplift group, and they called it that because they said they weren't going to get around together and bitch and moan. That's their words, not mine. And um, we heard about it, and we said, look, what would it take for you to become a 501c3? And they're like, X, Y, and Z. So we gave them the money, and they started their own 501c3. And we said, look, we have 22 buildings. We would like you to figure out, if you have the time and the energy, we would like you to figure out how to, they have about 30 people that meet that have autoimmune diseases or the like. And it's like AA for people with autoimmune diseases. It's like a 12-step program, if you will, for people with autoimmune diseases. And they get together and they trade numbers, and when one of them's down or can't come to the meeting or they're at home locked in, people go to them. And like you're saying, 
if I tell you if I have an autoimmune disease, how bad my day is, you don't get it because you don't have an autoimmune disease. They can tell each other what's going on and they get it. Her story is about the day the shoe dropped. Her story is about when she couldn't wear stiletto heels anymore. And that's the day that really MS took her identity away. And she talks about that story. But then she says that that's also the day that she became who she really is today. And she uses that story to say, MS doesn't define me anymore. And it's uplifting because she says, now I'm a better person than I was ever before I had MS. And her story is powerful. And she uses that story to go tell other people that your disease doesn't define you either. And she's building this group up and we just loaned her our buildings um, to go share that, that powerful story to other people with those, those diseases. So we're, we're not doing anything. Those buildings are sitting there idle, but we did hear the message and we're like, more people need to hear you. Please, please get that message out. That might be more valuable than the medicine that they're getting. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. The power of encouragement and giving somebody the gift of hope. And that it's, it's so much more powerful, like you said, when it comes to somebody else that's on a similar journey that you are. And they can say, here's how I've overcome. You can too. That, I mean, that's just priceless, like you said. So I think it would be amazing if a, a lot of our listeners that are owners and CEOs of infusion centers would take a, a page out of your playbook. And I'm sure many of them are in some, in, in different ways, but you I'm guys, sure have, yeah, but you I'm, guys, you guys figured out how to make a kind of a strategic alliance with a group of people who are doing this. Cause you don't need, you guys are busy running in your lane doing what you do best, but you've made a strategic alliance with somebody who's doing this and doing it well. And you're helping them, you know, take flight in that vision. And, and it's just great. Well, we all work together. All the infusion providers are a close-knit group, and we all like each other. And It would be fun to see her uplift group become contagious across, across the centers and, and create uplift in all these other people's lives. That You know, it's, it's free. Um, I suggest that she charge people a dollar a day like some of these 12-step programs, whether it's eating is anonymous, eater anonymous, or AA or NA or whatever, because man, a dollar a day to get some hope in your life, that's not a whole lot of money. And um, for a cup of coffee and some hope. No, it's not. That's great. Well, since you had that light bulb moment and you guys kind of figured out a way to address a need that was huge amongst your patients, what's the biggest lesson that you would want our listeners to take away from that because we've got we've got a lot of listeners that own infusion centers or manage infusion centers we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen what's the biggest key takeaway from that as a lot of a lot everybody has to focus on the numbers everybody has to focus on a successful business model what's the key insight you'd like to share from all that you know i think the biggest thing that we've learned recently is it's easy to get lost in what we do every day. It's easy to get lost in 
buying and building and shoveling paperwork and shoveling all the stuff and dealing with the coronavirus and dealing with with all the racial tensions that we have um, today, it's easy to get lost. And we have been intentional about we're not in control of anything. What we are in control of is how we respond to things and taking time to spend time and be kind to one another. And I know that sounds a little cliche maybe, but we have really, really taken time to do that. One example was we've been doing free lunch Friday since the coronavirus started. And we asked people to do that on, on, um, with local restaurants to continue you know, the economy in local restaurants. That's a little bit putting our money where our mouth is. You know, it's easy to say be kind to one another, but we said, you know, if we spend a little bit of money saying be kind, then that's putting a little bit of our money where our mouth is. And so, you know, smiles are free. You know, taking we can't see them with our mask on. Um, but we all have to do our work, but we, we can do it with a with a positive attitude. And it's amazing how when we do that. Actually, our profits increase, our outcomes increase, our satisfaction surveys increase. And it really is amazing how those parallels work. You tend to attract the people that you want and repel the people that you don't want. And I mean employees and patients. And it's funny how a positive attitude really does change change the culture of a company and ultimately changes the success of your company. And it, it is proven in companies like Chick-fil-A, it's proven in companies like Zappos, and we have been fortunate enough for this period of time that is that is working for us. So good. Well I, you know, I hope your phone doesn't blow up after this because we got a lot of people that listen to this that want to get into this space. And you guys have such a great story and you clearly care a lot about people and good leadership and stuff like that. So, um, but this has been really neat. And I think there's some key insights here. What What's one parting piece of advice you would have for our listeners before we end this interview? Gosh, that's a tough question, man. Those open-ended questions always kill me. <laughs> um, they really do kill me. I, um, you know, um, I wish I could come up with a really wise answer, but um, just be kind to other people. That's really, really the wisest thing I could say in terms of of that in terms of terms of the um, infusion space, it is not a get rich quick scheme. You know, there's a lot of people jumping in this space, and if you think it's a get rich quick scheme, don't do it. Um, if if you're in it to um, for the right reasons, it's a great business to be in. Um, it's 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 a tricky business. Um, but I can tell you that there, there are tourists and those tourists in the business will be, will have a rough road 
and people in the business that are that are in it and mean well will probably not last. Um, and people that that are in it um, are going to have ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. But if they are in it for the right reasons, they're going to stay in it regardless because they're in it. Um, no different than people in other industries. Um, you know, if you're built to last, you're going to stay in it. But if you're in it for a quick turn, it's going to be a rough quick turn. So it's a, it's a good parting word. And I love the part about kindness too, because, you know, you hear the phrase that people don't leave companies, they leave bosses. And, mm-hmm. um, it's such a key that you enjoy who you're working with and, <clears throat> you know, the impact that your, your boss can have on you as an employee when they communicate to you, kind of like the Zig Ziglar principle, that if you help people get whatever they want, they'll help you get what you want. And when, when that's truly embodied, it's, it's very powerful. So appreciate that. Well, Gary, we could go on and on, but um, we really appreciate you have, having you on the show. So thank you for joining us. All right, man. I appreciate it as well. Take care. Wow. Great interview with Gary Cooper. I love what he says about kindness. I mean, it just really comes down to caring about and loving people well. That's truly the key ingredient to running a successful business, right? Whether it's an infusion center or any other. But the great thing about that is he also has uh, an incredible track record of scaling a business successfully. And he's got a master's degree in healthcare administration. He's got success on the the side of being a founder of Palmetto Infusion. But it's, it's so clear that his focus is on building a great company culture. So just a great challenge to all of us to make sure that we love people well and make the main thing the main thing, which is relationships. It all comes back to that as we try to grow successful businesses. If this has been helpful to you, please take a minute to rate and review on iTunes and definitely head over to weinfuse.com. You can schedule a free demo of the software today. If you have not done so already, you will be so grateful that you did. We know your workflow. We've been in your workflow as infusion center operators and owners, and we think we can do it better than anybody else. And we want to show you why we infuse can save you time and money. Just head over to weinfuse.com. This is Dylan McCabe with the We Infuse podcast. Very excited to be on this journey with you, and we will catch you in the next episode.